Yeah, like John said, and you may have read in the email, we're uh, thinking about prayer as a church. Um, and it's not just here at the 11, at the 930s, um, at Cafe Church, which is launching next week. At the 4, we're, we're thinking about prayer. And I don't think I'm quite, um, I'm not being too bold in saying I think prayer is one of the most important, if not the most important, activities we can do in our life. Prayer is, is the most important activity we can do in our life. And we may be sat here and we may have never uh, prayed before, or at least intentionally prayed before. We may be sat here feeling like we've got decades of prayer under our belt and not sure what else we need to learn about prayer. Um, but like John was saying, we've just been this growing sense in part of the team. I've got a spider on my cheek. No, it's right. That would distract a lot of people. Say hello to Sid. Let's put you over. Do you want to see the flowers? Not over here. That was a bad move. Go back. You can go in the pulpit. There you go. Have fun. Um, don't know how that got there. This came across my glass. Like that. Um, filter on it, TikTok and things. Um, can't where I was. Prayer is so key. And actually, I don't know how many of us go for our life, uh, often we don't give the time, effort, energy to think about it. But it is so important for each and every one of us. And we've been in this growing sense of, actually, particularly this season, this now, for us in our life as a church, where we have so many incredible hopes and ambitions for uh, being a church for the people of Badenstoke and seeing every single person in our town come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But the only way that will ever happen is not through strategies and plans, it's through prayer. And so actually giving that time for each of us to just think really intentionally about prayer. Because prayer has, has started uh, church movements, church denominations. It's caused revival in pockets across the world. It's ended wars. Prayer has transformed the lives of both beggars and billionaires. It's healed the sick. It's set the captives free. There are so, so, so many stories of prayer. I'm sure hundreds in our room here. And the thing is, we need to give that time and care and effort to really think about it. And one of the things that amazes me of, um, as being a church leader, I've never, ever heard anyone say at any point in their life, I wish I didn't pray so much. Never heard it. But I hear so many times, and if I'm honest, say so many times to myself, uh, I wish I knew how to pray more. I wish my prayer life felt more than it does. I wish I felt closer to God. But actually, do we take the time, care, effort and energy to really think and dig into prayer? And so in some ways, I want to just pause before we jump into the next few months thinking about prayer. Because in reality, I think we have two options, each of us individually. We either can be in a, a place of going, actually, um, this isn't important for me. I think I've got it sliced. It's good enough, at least. It gets me by. I feel okay. Or actually, there's too many other things going on. I don't really have the time to, to think about this. Or um, I don't have any more to learn. We may not say it quite like that. We can have that attitude. Or we can have one of just going, actually, 
if I'm really truthfully honest, um, and not in a, a deprecative way at all, but honest in going, actually, I, I long for more. I long for my prayer to feel more than it is. I long to feel closer to God. And if we open ourselves up to that, to that journey of God, he wants to take on, take us each on as individuals, but also us in the church, I think we're, we're ending up in the place that God wants us to be, in the place where God can use us, can do incredible things in our life, which may seem impossible now. Incredible things in the life of our church seem impossible now, but we need to, in some ways, be open and honest in that moment. So just before we jump in, let's just pause and just allow ourselves to have that honest thought with God. Holy Spirit, just come and do that work in us. May it not be in our strength. Amen. If you've got a Bible, we're, um, this series we're going to be looking at the prayer life of Jesus. If there's anyone who wants to learn on what it means to be prayer, uh, what it means to pray, Jesus is the person. So we're in Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 4. You may know it well. Um, it says this. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Uh, over this summer, uh, I love summer because uh, there's often weddings. You've got to go to a few weddings this summer, particularly High Point without kids. So great. Um, it was an amazing time, and I, I love a wedding. It's just so much fun, so much celebration, often incredible food. Uh, great chance to catch up with people you haven't seen in a while. I love, I love a wedding. And it's also just um, incredible seeing those happy couples at a beautiful high point in their relationship. That moment where they, they get to uh, be married, they've been looking forward to it for so long. It's, it's incredible. Um, but there's one thing I love about weddings, and it's not about the couple getting married themselves. Uh, one of the weddings we're at, they had um, got this beautiful, stately home as the venue for their wedding. I don't think how much it cost them. It was a huge house, and then they had a huge garden and a huge lawn, uh, down to this little pond at the end of the lawn, and in the pond was a little island, and on the island was a pergola where they got married. And the lawn was so large, the bride had to come down in a golf cart to get herself to the venue. Um, it was incredible. Thankfully, sunny. I don't... I, if you risk that in England, you're crazy. But it was beautifully sunny. And like there's this little bridge from onto the island, this little wooden bridge. And uh, I, I caught a, a glimpse of a moment, my favorite moments at weddings, as this uh, beautifully elderly couple uh, were walking, I don't know how long it took them to get across that lawn, walking slowly together, arm in arm. I wasn't quite sure which one of them was holding the other one up more, but somehow they managed to get all the way, get across this little bridge, beaming smiles on their faces. Smiles which, which spoke of uh, just decades of relationship together, decades of care, 
Smiles which spoke of so many highs and lows in their marriage together. Smiles which didn't need to say a word, but yet screamed, I love you. And while I, I love looking at the married couple and thinking how amazing they are, in reality, that little elderly couple, that's what I long for in my marriage. That beautiful moment, those, that time, care, energy, that's the thing I long for. The hours of learning from them. I'd love to have sat down with them in the evening and just question them. What is it like? What is it like? And in our passage I just read, there's that moment where Jesus' disciples, they've been following for a couple years now already. They'd have seen Jesus praying every day, multiple times throughout the day. And there's something clearly attractive about the way that Jesus prayed. Something clearly that has been bugging them for a while, I bet, of what is so different about the way that Jesus prays compared to the way that we pray. Something that's so important, they finally get to that point of going, Lord, teach us to pray. They've probably been wondering for a while, like John and other leaders have taught their followers to pray. Why hasn't Jesus taught us yet? It's clearly so important, it's clearly so um, much of who he is and what he does and why he does everything. It's such a clear foundational thing. Why hasn't he taught us yet? I think in some ways Jesus is, is, is wanting them to long that more and more. Something about Jesus' prayer life, the words he says, the way he says them, his heart, his intention when he prays, something about it was so different that they were just longing, saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Because prayer is one of the primary sources of our relationship with God the Father. It's that moment of talking to God directly, speaking to him. I don't know of any relationship where communication isn't the most important thing about it. The most important thing to make that relationship good. And so Jesus, the son of God, talking to his father, had so much more than just decades worth of marriage like the elderly couple had eternity of communication, of intimacy that led the disciples to that moment where they were like, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus' time of communion with his father was so important. It was the foundation of all he did. And the amazing thing is we are invited into that same relationship with God. We're, in, we're invited to know him and be known by him. And prayer is oh so important in that. And the disciples knew that. And that's why they were asking, Lord, teach us to pray. Are we like that disciple? Longing, eager to be taught how to pray. A contemporary American uh, author put prayer like this. Prayer isn't meant to be just another transaction in a busy and consumer-saturated world we live in, but a deep place of satisfying communion, of receiving and returning the loving gaze of our maker, of a holy union. I don't know what prayer feels like for you, but it can easily be so many different things. 
For me in my life, sometimes it's just been this tick box exercise of, I know I should pray, it's a good Christian thing to do, so I'll pray. Sometimes we can see in my life where I like, have a long list of things, God, that I really want you to do, so here they are, please, thank you, amen. Sometimes I felt so detached in the conversation of feeling like, God, why do you even want to listen to me? That I've struggled to even get in that place. But the story of scripture is that there is a, that the creator of the world knows you. He loves you. He died for you. He wants a relationship with you and the place of that relationship is prayer. It is the most important relationship in the whole of our life. And like all relationships, it takes work. The reason that elderly couple at the wedding were in the place they are now is because of the decades, day in, day out, they had together. Learning about one another, learning from mistakes, taking time and care to grow and foster that relationship. And so is the same with our relationship with God, and it is oh so worth it. It is the best thing we can do of our time, but yet so often it's the hardest thing to really dig into. Because I think the enemy wants to put every barrier in the way to stop us because it is so vital to everything. I'm not uh, one for New Year's resolutions particularly. I don't do giving up things and that sort of extra. But I often try and take the time at the beginning of the year to just take some time and go, God, what, are you, what is it this year you're, you're wanting to teach me more than anything else? I have a lot of things to learn. It's a long list, and I can't cope with all of them at once. And so I go, God, please just give me one. Um, and I remember beginning this year, just in some way, stumbling across this passage in Luke 11 again and going, actually, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray deeper, more than I ever have. I see incredible men and women of faith who I just envy their relationship with you, and I long for that, God, so teach me. It's been a wild year, if I'm honest. It's been really hard in times and seasons of uh, exploring what prayer is, trying things in prayer I've never thought and been like, that's rubbish. Because we're beautiful and differently made and we'll, we'll interact in our relationship with God in a different way, in a unique way. It's an amazing opportunity to learn, but I've just grown so deeper in love with God. Learn things about him and myself, which I never would have learned before. Ended up doing wild and crazy things, being in situations that I wouldn't have been in because I was down praying and God said, okay, off you go this way. And having a conversation with someone, or just on my knees, weeping, realizing the beauty and essence of God. Prayer is the most beautiful and powerful thing, but it takes time and effort and energy in getting through the hard times and moments. But it's the foundation of all we ever need in our life. It's that communion and relation with God. Knowing him deeper. And the amazing thing is we've done that, as I've been in that journey, God has been just stirring up something beautiful and powerful for the need for prayer in this place. I've been, um, I've been exploring what it means to be part of a, a dispersed monastic community. It's weird. Um, but I was reading a book about the start of 24-7 prayer. And their first prayer room was called the Boiler Room. 
And as I was, I was reading this book, um, some amazing things were happening in our church. Different people across our different sites were being woken in the night to pray. Different people were coming and chatting to us going, I feel like just, we need to be praying more in this season. And so John said, go into the bungalow, into the car park, uh, which is attached to the boiler room for this church. And I went in there and God just met me so powerful in that place. It stank of hay, of mold. It was not nice. But actually, prayer is the foundation of all we could ever do. It's the only way we will see every single person in Basingstoke come to know Jesus. It's the only way we are only ever going to feel truly free. Tackle the demons and struggles in our life. Release the pressure and burden of our our work, our environment, our situation. Prayer, that place, is so key. And God invites us to learn from him what that means. It's why we're digging into prayer this season as a church. We think it's so important. And this series, like I said, we're going to be looking at Jesus as a model, looking at his prayer life, learning from him what it means to pray. We're also going to be doing the prayer course on a Tuesday evening, on a Wednesday morning, which digs into the Lord's prayer and trying to learn from that what it means to pray. We're going to do that in groups as well. If you want to be part of a group and, and do that, let us know. We're going to be, we've done some painting and got rid of the hay smell and mold, don't worry. But we're going to be launching in a couple of weeks the prayer room in the bungalow, attached to the boiler house. As a place, we're going to be doing a week of 24-7 prayer, and then we're going to have that open every day to pray in. To come in both for ourselves, but for the life of our church, for the life of our town. For the people we long to know Jesus, to be foundationally based on prayer. And from this place, I'm so excited because I think God's going to do an incredible thing. An incredible thing. But I want to get back to where I started and go, we have two options. Are we willing to be open to God? Are we willing to be honest with ourselves and say, Lord, I long for more? And even though there may be a million and one reasons why it might be hard and it might be a struggle, God, teach me to pray. Or are we going to have an attitude saying, God, not now? And only one of those options do I think will we see complete joy and transformation in our own lives and the lives of our church. Should we stand? The worship team want to come up. We're just going to pause for a moment. And you may want to close your eyes as we pause and it's going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come meet with us. And, um, and I just invite you to uh, say that to God. Lord, teach me to pray. Don't do it in rush. Allow yourselves to really, truly, in the deepest part of yourselves, open yourself up to God to really, truly mean that. <laughs>